here are four principles for living like an American. Protect freedom. Take responsibility at all times. Express gratitude for every gift and opportunity. Become a source of love. Once again, these are the times that try our souls. We must find the strength and the courage to rise up to re-found America in the spirit of liberty. Welcome. Welcome, my wonderful, wonderful audience. As always, it is a tremendous honor, tremendous pleasure to be here with you on Refounding America, Reclaiming Ourselves. They go together. This is Peter Bregan. I'm a psychiatrist, but most of my heart was way beyond psychiatry into freedom in America and in the world. You're watching Brighty on TV, and we're live every Wednesday at 6, and it's real TV. You can actually go and watch on Roku, and if you're hearing it on the air, it is, uh, originates from prn.live, and then I, I think broadcast by a lot of other platforms. We have today one of the uh, more important commentaries you will hear in a very long time. Well, welcome uh, James Roguski. Um, he is an, a very important person in American history, I actually believe, and I don't say that very often. Um, and usually you'd expect uh, to be somebody who's holding some great position or other. Uh, what James has been doing for some time now that is extremely important is monitoring what's going on at the World Health Organization. Because with everything else that's going on in the world, there's a lot of important stuff from the war in Ukraine and you know inflation and the open borders. <clears throat> Perhaps the major thrust that threatens American sovereignty is the empowering of the World Health Organization to take over anything it sees in the various countries of the world that it construes to be a health emergency. And health emergencies in the eyes of the UN, after all, WHO is an agency of the UN, and in the eyes of the WHO, can be anything from uh, being woke to being uh, unjust to uh, problems of uh, hunger and problems of uh, education and uh, problems of race, because in the eyes, and, and this is not necessarily a, a totally bad view, except that they use it to be a dictatorship. I mean, almost anything affects health in one way or another. And that for them, it's a carte blanche to dictate to the nations of the world. And um, I'll, briefly, I'll briefly orient where my thinking is, and James is going to do most of the talking on both these segments. Um, the United States, along with many other nations in the world and the EU, want to give away this, their own sovereignty 
to the World Health Organization. And that requires that they uh, either change the uh, rules, the international health regulations that govern who, or that they make and or they make uh, treaties or agreements or some other kind of contractual like arrangement. Uh, either way would be binding on, on the nation that signs the treaties, but if the rules are changed, it's binding on everybody. And James can correct me if I'm, I'm off on that. <clears throat> the, I got involved in this originally when I found out about that the WHO was trying to make treaties with the various nations. And uh, this was unfolding and I was following this and all of a sudden, James Roguski discovers that we have a bigger problem coming up in a matter of weeks. This was before last, this past May. And he found out that they were, that the U.S. had actually sent in changes to the health regulations, amendments that would vastly empower the World Health Organization and Tedros, who's a communist criminal stooge of the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, and also takes orders uh, from Bill Gates, who is a big funder. Those are two of the big funders, Bill Gates with several foundations. And boy, were we off and running. James really brought it out into the public arena that in a matter of weeks, there would be a meeting of the World Health uh, Association, the W, is that the right, James? The World Health Assembly. World Health Assembly. Assembly. Well, World Health Assembly. And um, that no one knew about this and they were going to vote on, and I can let James uh, talk further about it, but basically just give over sovereignty on health, health, public health matters, anything that might influence one other nation in the world. They could go in without your permission and of the country and just work their will as best they could on us. Um, James got uh, right away on the TV and stuff and I followed suit and a lot of other people began to join in. And um, eventually, and I'm not sure if James had fa hadn't found this, if the African nations would have even found out. I mean, James, I think your alerting started and the African nations helped. But meanwhile, the United States of America proposed by itself these amendments. This is right out of HHS, right out of the administration, proposed the amendments and got like 40 other nations or so, including the entire EU, India, Great Britain, um, to support basically removing the restraints from the, this uh, communist Tedros to interfere in our lives. I didn't know I was going to do that background. I hope that helps to set it up, James. Anything to fix about that? No, there's just more information. Um, so keep going. Keep going. To take over now, I, you know, we all both have more information, but you have a lot more than me. You have, what basically I've done, folks, is to say, thank God this man is doing this amazing work. And he has just been on top of it. And I have not been on top of it so much because I really trust what you're doing, James. So why don't we pick up with that? And thank you for everything. Wind, you. Me, up, wind me up and push the button and, and tell, yeah, me when, tell me when to stop talking. Um, 
I, I will go all the way right to the um, end of the story as it is right now today. OK, um, yesterday uh, the WHO finally published the documents that they had been keeping secret at least since September 30th. The story as you told it um, went up to the end of May and in that general, uh, I'm sorry, uh, World Health Assembly, they did not even consider Biden's proposed amendments. So we won that little skirmish, okay? But then the war continues. And what they did is they created a working group to consider more amendments to the international health regulation. To really make this simple and straightforward, the Biden document earlier in the year was nine pages long. The document they have now is 46 pages long. Oh God. So at the very least, you know, they're changing many things. Biden's documents wanted to change 13 articles within the 66 articles of the amendments, um, approximately half or, or 32 or 33 of the articles now are proposed to be changed, along with, um, I, I believe, six of the nine annexes, which is really where all of the nuts and bolts are. OK, and, and so they really probably should say they're just rewriting the whole thing to put the WHO in charge of everything. And so a, a week or two ago, the very, very secret um, formed just at the beginning of October review committee, the International Health Regulations Review Committee, which answers only to Tedros. It is a confidential group. Um, Lawrence Oglethorpe Gostin is the American that's on that group. He doesn't, I believe, actually represent the United States. He represents, I guess, himself as one of the WHO's experts. He happens to be from the United States. What they've been doing is taking, um, I believe it's now 16 nations had submitted proposed amendments, and the review committee was essentially cutting and pasting and, and, and sifting and sorting and they got a 200 page document down to 46 pages. And then on the um, Monday and Tuesday, I believe it's the 15th and the 16th of November, the working group met again in secret, no public comment, you know, no public acknowledgement or whatever. All through this process, um, I had submitted four uh, separate uh, freedom of information requests. And um, people that I know, two people in the United Kingdom, one in Canada, one in South Africa, one in Finland, one in Australia, and one in New Zealand, all submitted freedom of information requests to get these documents, which they were all rejected. The United Kingdom's rejection was the most entertaining. They said, well, yes, we have the documents, but we're not going to give them to you. Okay, And, and so finally, um, the uh, working group yesterday published the 46 pages of the proposed amendments. Um, I've put it up on a website dedicated to this, stoptheamendments.com, so everyone can read what they are, you know, hoping and, and I, I would say plotting to do because they're doing it in a you know, very secret way. So stoptheamendments.com is where all of this information is available. And what I am hoping your audience will participate in is a, a call to action, number one, to just be aware 
that this is happening. You know, it's Christmas time. They put a lot of this information out around the holidays. People don't pay any attention. And I understand, you know, you have your life to lead. But take the time to read what they are trying to do. And all anyone would have to do to get the, the feel of what is going on here is read the first two lines of the changes that they would like to make to the third article in the regulation. Now, currently, that article says the implementation of these regulations shall be with full respect to the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of persons. Now, when I read the IHRs many, many months ago for the first time, and I read that, I was like, well, that sounds really good. That's what it should be. You know, regulations should take human rights and, you know, my dignity and freedoms in, into effect. And if you notice on there, the amendments would just cross that out. Those things no longer matter. Your um, full respect for the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of people would be gone. Now, there's a lot of details in these 46 pages, but it would be replaced with basically equity, right? Now, equity sounds a little bit like equality, and many times you'll hear things like gender equity or racial equity or, or you know that sort of thing. And you know there are concepts in there that are good and fine, but what equity really means is money. And so what's really going on here, tied hand in hand with a totally separate thing, which is the um, pandemic treaty, it, it's really all about generating profits for what I call the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. And so they are of the belief that health comes from either a pharmaceutical drug or some kind of an injection. Whereas, you know, I believe you understand as well as anybody, you know, that health is a little bit more complicated than just taking a drug and, and getting an injection. And all of that has been kicked to the curb. There aren't you know, doctors involved in these negotiations. The health minister of um, Indonesia was yeah. widely quoted. A lot of people paid attention to the fact that during the G20, he was quoted as saying that we should have a digital global uh, health certificate. And as soon as I heard him say that, I knew that even though I hadn't seen the international health regulation amendments, there's a there's a structure in the regulations that, you know, that's what they're talking about here. So a number of articles, articles 23, 31, a bunch of the annexes are all about setting up a database where each individual nation will have all of your health information. They want everyone to set up a digital structure so all of the nation's databases can be shared, you know, through this overarching WHO global health certificate. And whether you have a QR code on an app on your phone, or they print a QR code that you have on a, a driver's license or an identification card or whatever, they want everyone, you know, one could consider that holding a mark in your hand um, has a biblical meaning. And, and so they want everyone to be to be monitored by a global digital health data system. Now, in the United States, the last time I checked, um, we're supposed to have the right, the inalienable right to privacy. And yeah. certainly you could speak to, you know, uh, rights about 
um, privacy uh, or health information. And they're just trampling it. They're just absolutely trampling it. It's interesting that that same health uh, minister, um, I think, believe it was was him, um, pointed out that there was the, he is a businessman. He's not a physician. He's a banker. And he's a banker. That's even better. And he pointed out um, all the tremendous investment opportunities that these new changes. Um, uh, would entail uh, just all kinds of ways to invest in these digital uh, um, and and also other, the other things that they're trying to do around the World Health Organization. <clears throat> and I've, I've this is the global predators at work. Yeah, I've, I've chosen to steal one of their acronyms back. Um, they talk about being able to declare a public health emergency of international concern, PHEIC, or FAKE. Well, um, what they really want to do is fake everybody out and, and claim, you know, that there's this horrible pandemic coming and there's this crisis that has to happen, whatever it may be. That tends to make people not think properly. You know, when you're exactly. in fear and panic, your, your thought process go haywire so that um, the captured agencies like the FDA, we've all watched them approve and authorize things that are absolutely not safe, not effective, you know, not fit for purpose and really make matters worse. But because it's an emergency, everybody's got to act fast. And so they get that done. And, and so we've all seen the, you know, dollar signs, you know, it flashing in the eyes of anybody who owns stock in a pharmaceutical company. And so I've renamed it uh, the PHEIC or fake is the, the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. Now, if you take each piece of that, pharmacy, right, um, whether it's drugs or injectables or whatever, hospitals got, you know, huge amounts of money through the CARES Act and other programs just for pushing a test to see if somebody could be said to have COVID so that they could get a bonus for treating yet another COVID patient. And, and then it's all of the emergency things that people need, the testing and the gene, genetic sequencing and the, you know, the masks and the PPE and all that sort of stuff. Um, there's a lot of money in them, Dar Hills. And the banker from the uh, Indonesian uh, Minister of Health, uh, it, it looked like you were at some kind of network marketing meeting. It's like, hey, yeah. it's time to invest. And they have a $10 billion pandemic fund that the United States, the European Union, the Rockefeller um, Organization, the Wellness Trust, and obviously, of course, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, as 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 the gentleman said, there are um, hopefully ten billion dollars a year that they're going to be dishing out, and so the WHO's budget is a little bit confusing because they talk about their budget in two-year cycles. So it's a budget for two years. And on any given year, it's maybe between three and four billion dollars. They're actually trying to create an entirely new, they, they call it global health architecture. They're, yes. they're building a new bureaucracy and they're funding it with like two to three times the amount of money that the WHO is currently getting. I mean, this is a money grab, a power grab, you know, a grab for sovereignty, 
a, a grab for control. Um, and you know, most people in the world, un unfortunately, are just asleep at the wheel. And all I've done for the last year is read really boring documents, okay, and keep looking at the um, website of the WHO. And so since I knew that they were discussing these proposed amendments, I would just go to their website two, three, four, five times a day. God and bless see, you for that. You no, know, because that's, you know, they don't, it's not like they were going to um, give me a, a notification on my phone or something. Hey, Jim, you know, here you go. Um, yeah. And yesterday morning, lo and behold, I was like, whoa, there it is. Um, and so it's now up on um, stoptheamendments.com. And my call to everyone is, be the media, because the media is not going to talk about this. You know, thank you, um, Dr. Bregan. I shared this information with you yesterday, and here I am talking to you. You've made room for this. Um, I very, very much appreciate it. Um, but everyone else should take the time, as you can, to read through what's in these documents and get out your camera and make a video and post it up on Brighteon, post it wherever you can, and put the link in the comments in the article and I'll do everything I can to put your um, you know the article is going to grow and change as people comment on on what this all is and I encourage everybody to get out your camera and do a recording put it up on Brighteon and you know tell the world what you think about any aspect of what they're doing. Yeah <clears throat> we're bringing together uh, James bring together a couple of different thrusts that are going on and at first we started out um, talking about the amendments and you read us one piece of that um, in the next session um, next section i'd like to go into james more about the amendments so, and what kind of power is being given to tedros is it going to be uh, pretty much as bad or worse than it was before in terms of him being able to make up his personal own mind about whether you have a public health problem in your country and uh, therefore he can start bringing to bear on it all the resources he has throughout the world, including public opinion and all these uh, countries that follow lockstep with whatever the World Health Organization says. And then there's the other uh, issue, which is the uh, treaties, which are separate but going in the very same direction and I want you to catch us up on um, you know um, whether anybody signed any treaties yet and if you know if you have the information and and what's evolving there and the third thing you were talking about is the G20 where uh, they have a subsection I think it's called the B20 is that right with the business uh, portion of it and they um, they're the ones that are recommending to everybody who wants to give power to the World Health Organization. You'd think they want it for themselves, where they're recommending that um, we have this um, new uh, passport and that then that's just going to be another nightmare. So we'll go on to that um, in just a few seconds. Um, we got about a half a minute left. Did you want to comment on what we what else we might cover? Um, just to make it crystal clear and repeat what you said, um, people do need to realize that there are two separate tracks. The amendments are, I think, like a Japanese bullet train. They can be here, you know, very, very quickly. The pandemic treaty is like a big old freight train that's trying to get some yeah. track uphill, and they're piling everything onto that one. 
They're piling everything onto that one. Then we've got all these organizations that want to just throw away their own sovereignty, like the EU and the G20 and the United States of America. Okay, we'll be back after a short break. Stay listening. You all need to know about this stuff. This is Dr. Peter Bregan again, and uh, you're listening to Refounding America and Reclaiming Ourselves on Bright Heon TV, and uh, you may be watching it live, otherwise you can get it on Bright Heon TV, Bright TV, or you can uh, go to Bright Heon TV and then go to our channel and get it. Um, we were dropped um, from um, YouTube uh, quite a way back, 45 minutes after I announced on YouTube about our book, COVID-19 and the global predators, we are the prey. 45 minutes and it was just complete. It was, uh, that's it for you. Um, the book is important. Uh, it provides you a lot of the background for understanding how important the World Health Organization is, how Bill Gates started working with them back around 2010 openly and 2012 getting the WHO to pass support for him. Um, and how uh, Klaus Schwab in 2019, just in time for the uh, um, pandemic, um, actually set up a memorandum of understanding with them. This is like a legal understanding between the representative of all fascism to the representative of all socialism. And the only place I saw any criticism of the uh, the UN working with all these uh, industrialists and businessmen and bankers, very important to bankers, was from an extreme left-wing person who said, hey, we're supposed to be pure communists and this thing is fascist. <laughs> and that's actually what's going on. That's what the Great Reset is. That's what all of this is about. It's about um, blurring the distinction between government and business, which allows eventually for the billion dollar organizations to take over the governments and when, once they've taken over uh, then they start talking about well we'll accept a little input along the way <laughs> but we're the bosses that's what we're facing right now that's not too glib for you to follow we're talking with uh, James Roguski and we have a bit of a um, of an agenda here uh, James pick up wherever you would like well, you know, I'm actually very optimistic. I mean, yes, it is grim, and you know, I'm I'm not blindly optimistic, thinking that oh, you know, the world's going to be just a, a big bed of roses or anything like that. But the egregious nature of you know the way that they are just brazenly crossing out, you know, respect and dignity and and human rights and and personal freedoms, and replacing it with you know new priorities. Um, I am very optimistic that they have failed very much on one aspect, which is very key to their game, okay? And that's propaganda. They've been keeping these amendments secret because they know there's no way to, um, you know, put lipstick on this pig, all right? It's still, it's still a pig. And it, it, it's, it's a horrible, horrible pile of things. They are hoping that regular people don't get wind of it because they haven't pre-programmed everyone to believe 
that, oh, Tedros and the WHO and, and um, you know, the centralized control in, in Geneva um, has done such a fantastic job and they should be given more power and more control. So what my experience has been so far is that anybody who actually looks at these amendments, at, at first they go, oh my God, you know, what is this, right? But if you highlight a couple of things, you point out a couple of things, it's, it is compre you, you can comprehend it, okay? And, and the first thing that happens is people go, oh, no way, you know, they're out of their minds. Why? And once they're, they're triggered with that realization that this is a power play, there's nothing in here about health or nutrition or herbs or vitamins or, um, you know, even, um, you know, using things, you know, uh, that um, got everybody banned off of um, YouTube and Facebook and everywhere else. It's not about that. It's about throwing money at the pharmaceutical industry and giving all control to a centralized power. Call it by whatever name you want. I, I personally call it, you know, just authoritarianism. They believe that they are smarter than everybody else, even though they've been demonstrably wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong again over everything that they recommended. But what they want is to have the power so that their recommendations, literally their own words, are legally binding. Okay. And, and so you don't listen to what your health um, advisor, health coach, you know, doctor, um, physician, acupuncturist, chiropractor, you know, whatever. Don't listen to them. Listen to bureaucrats who know better to make all of these decisions in times of a crisis because they did such a great job the first, you know, this past time. And, and, and so I'm very optimistic because people who actually take the time to look at this um, in relationship to the treaty, which we're not talking about today, we're talking about the amendments, but the treaty has been public, okay? And they have had meetings and they have tried a little bit, you know, to, to get the public involved. I think, and I've been saying very much as a decoy, because these amendments can happen much, much, much faster. They only need uh, a simple majority uh, vote of the nations, the 194 nations that will meet in May at the 76th World Health Assembly. And even the tiniest little nations get one vote. You know, the most populous nations, India, China, United States, Brazil, Indonesia, Nigeria, Russia, uh, Germany, the UK, South Africa, they only get one vote. And all of the other tiny nations get one vote. And it's much easier to influence those relatively poor nations with the promise of equity. Okay. Now, equity to me means you bought a house a while ago, you've been paying down the mortgage, you fixed it up a little bit, and, and it's money. Equity, you know, you talk to any financial consultant, if you use the word equity, it's money. That's what they want. And the WHO is basically buying votes from relatively small, impoverished nations um, to give them control of the world. I think that um, you should probably use the word totalitarianism instead of um, authoritarianism. It's a we got we to figure out how to merge the two words together. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, no, I don't think so, because uh, totalitarianism is the final stage of authoritarianism. So if you look at a political spectrum, um, 
<clears throat> you got authoritarianism and then totalitarianism. And this is this is where we cross that Rubicon. Absolutely. This is yeah, totalitarian. They're out to really totally control. So I, I think you can just go ahead and use those words. And I'm talking more and more about these two empires because this is imperialism. You know, the, the world has always had, ever since we started living in groups 10,000 years ago, there's been a tendency for bullies to take over and then uh, your own country or your own town, your own village, and then take over the next one and the next one and to build empires. And uh, the, uh, the Eastern Empire of China <clears throat> is uh is one huge empire with many tentacles that's trying to build a global world a global empire and on the western side you've got this conglomerate of the bankers and the um uh, military industrial complex and the big tech companies and they all work with china in business they all of them at the top we we outline them all in in our book um and so they then collaborate along the way to trying to uh, build a, a world empire that eventually I think the communists will take over because they're the ones who are going to have the real military, the real economic strength, the real guns, the real dogma, the real, the real uh, things they live and die by. Um, and I think this is a, this is all goes into the building of this global empire that we're going to be looking at—a totalitarian empire. Um, and China has always wanted that, going way, way back to the earliest emperors who were very totalitarian. China's always wanted that. And in America, ever since the French Revolution, which was supposed to liberate the people and probably give them equity and justice, and um, was just empire building and ended up with an emperor, Napoleon. So we got to look out for the power of the imperial thrust. I think this is this is going to be our contribution in many ways that we're writing about more and more. And I have an article coming out on that on Thursday on America Out Loud about the uh, the, the two empires and, and what the history of empires is about and how these are real. They're not uh, conspiracy theories. They're very, very real. But that's what I think. Um, that, that's one of the contributions I'm going to be continuing to make is to see this big context that we're in. And there are so many pieces to it. Let me ask you about the, um, uh, you know, the immediate threat again of these um, amendments. Now, in the original Biden version, they went through and they crossed out every limitation on Tedros. Previously, um, he had to consult with the nations before he would impose upon them uh, designate them to, to be uh, um, at, at risk or in his opinion at risk. It was all very, very vague with all the power going to him about designating a nation as being a public. Is that still all the of, thrust? All of those appear to have you know resurfaced. Uh, they're coming back for round two, right? Mm -hmm. um, also, what was included back then and again now is the WHO is organized according to six regions you know, the Americas, Africa, Asia, so forth and so on. And so they have six regional directors. They want to give them. Yeah, that's new. Power, mm -hmm. The power to create, uh, I'm sorry, to um, declare a regional uh, emergency. They also want to have an intermediate emergency. And the details go on and on and on and on and on. 
to play off on this totalitarian um, you know, topic that you were, were mentioning, with the treaty, which is a totally separate document, everything you could imagine that they might be able to control uh, goes under what they call one health. Now, yes. <laughs> if you thought of that as one's health, okay, public health is the sum total of each individual person's health. But their one health concept is not that at all. It, it's that they want to have one source of control over every aspect of health. And everyone is treated the same, much like cattle. And so they don't only want to control human health. They also want to control your pet's health. They want to, you know, how many vaccines you have to get and, you know, whether or not you're even allowed to have animals. Domesticated, you know, farm animals chickens and cows and pigs and so forth, wild animals, agriculture, and, and even you know wildlife. Um, there's things going on that I'm aware of in the Ecuadorian jungle that all tie in together. They want to take control of everything through what they call their sustainable development goals. And what they realized, mm -hmm. it's, it, it needed a legal structure so they could put the facade on what they're doing and and the amendments to the regulations give them the quickest path into that yes. pseudo legal um authority because in in may the 194 nations will get together and they could very well vote to whether or not to adopt these 46 pages of amendments yep. they only need a simple majority but because the United States and all the other nations are already signatory, you know, on the agreement that was all the way back in 2005, 2007, mm -hmm. signed, you know, by um, the, the um, it actually wasn't signed by the president, it was signed on his behalf by uh, the Geneva uh, minister, um, the ambassador to uh, Geneva. We're already party to that agreement, and part of that agreement is if any amendments are adopted by the majority of the members of the WHO, it's automatically, you know, it, it's just assumed that you don't need to go through any more Senate confirmation or, you know, um, advice and consent. Or, you know, and there is a caveat in there, but because the Biden administration is part of this, we're most likely not going to be able to take advantage of it. Even if these amendments were to be adopted by a majority of the World Health Assembly, the rules that they are supposed to play by, you know, not that they follow the rules, is that any nation could just write them a letter and say, no thanks. Um, we know that you adopted them, but we are rejecting them. There is a clause in the um, international health regulations that each individual nation can reject or uh, show a reservation, and the United States has done that, so I know that they know how to do it, okay? We can just out and out reject it, okay? But the reality is, without enormous political pressure, um, the Biden administration is what, they're the ones who are pushing this. Yeah, they're pushing it. They want to give away our sovereignty. They want to give control over to this international organization. And, you know, you just have to ask yourself why, you know, are they aligned with the wishes of the American people? Well, they haven't asked the American people 
anything about this. They're mm-hmm. hiding it from us. They were, you know, ignoring freedom of information requests. The WHO finally did give in to the pressure and they did publish it. But you won't hear anybody talking about it unless we, the people, demand. Right. And so I've made it, I've made it, I think, as easy as possible. You can go to um, stoptheamendments.com and there's two big red buttons and you can push the button and it will send a pre-written email to every member of Congress. And then if you click on the tab, it'll give you every member of Congress's phone number. So go bother them. Okay. Now you're not going to get the congressperson. You're not going to get the senator. You're going to get a fellow American who's working in the office. Okay. And I, I can safely say they are as you know unaware as anybody. So inform them. Let them know that you're very concerned about these secret negotiations. Set, you know, give them all the information, tell them to go to, you know, stoptheamendments.com and then call them up a couple of days later and go, hey, um, I want to make sure I'm following up. You were notified and now I'm starting to make demands. You've had time to read this information. Why isn't the senator or the congressperson speaking out about this? Now, I am optimistic. Um, there have been a number of senators and representatives who have spoken out in the past against the WHO, mm-hmm. against vaccine <clears throat> against funding the WHO, leaving the WHO. And so I know that there are many uh, advocates, many um, allies in this. And so step number one is to reach out to your congressperson and your senator. Uh, a, a, a small subset of them will be very thankful that you alerted them to this because they're going to be against it because, you know, all you have to do is read it. Wow, it, it's insane. So, um, but we the people need to realize that they work for us, but if we don't tell them what we want, they're gonna be busy listening to their donors or lobbyists. We need to lobby them, you know, one by one individually, call them up, call them up again, call them up again, call them up again, and, and, and go, look, you know, you need to stop this because it is it is about the most un-American document you know if, if there was ever a yin and yang between the bill of rights and the anti-bill of rights okay this is this is pretty much what we're dealing with here with these amendments to the regulation uh, it's a good clarion call have you spoken at all with um stand for health freedom absolutely whether, absolutely yeah. yes. you think you, i think you should try if you haven't already try to get them and i'd be happy to lend my name to it to do a petition um, that can be circulated for people to sign. Many, many other groups, Children's Health Defense is aware, um, World Council for Health is aware, um, you know, spreading the word far and wide as much as I can. Uh, step number one is awareness. And, you know, to to your audience, if I may speak directly to your audience, which I've been doing for the last, you know, 50 minutes, um, share the daylights out of this video and and, you know, do everything you can to get people to watch it. Go to the website, learn what's going on, be informed. Uh, and I honestly think that when most people look at this, it's just it's just so unbelievably horrible. I mean, literally, I caught myself, mm-hmm. when I first read it. it. It stopped me in my tracks when I got to the third article. I read it and, and I, I then realized that my jaw was hanging open. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like, this is amazing. So I, I, I was very, um, happy 
when we put a call out for people to comment in September about the treaty, because they had a call for people to record videos, we got more than a couple of hundred videos of people saying, you know, what it was that they were opposed to. And the, the level of intelligence and clear thought yeah. and ability to express their beliefs and feelings, uh, I, was, I was very, very impressed by just the general population around the world. And so I have great faith in humanity. I have great faith that people will rise to this occasion. We mm -hmm. absolutely cannot allow this to happen because everything that they want to do is hinged on having this global health certificate to track and trace everybody and then tie it in to every other aspect of life. Yeah. If, if we stop them with this, um, they're going to have problems doing all of the other things that they're trying to do. Well, I think all this is true. The concept of One Health that you were talking about earlier is central to the power of the World Health Organization. It has already been adopted by the CDC. And what One Health, uh, James started to talk about, it consists of, you know, it's like a circle, a paw, and it's got three pies in it. One of them is human health. One of them is the health of the creatures of the world. And then there's a third one, and that's the health of the environment. So Tedros now has come out and said that um, environmental issues are um, issues of the World Health Organization and that uh, including things like climate change. And when he was in the Ukraine, Tedros said that war is an issue of health and he, uh, so then that too falls under his uh, bailiwick, his mini empire, it's gonna be a big one, bigger and bigger. Um, so they have their, they've written a carte blanche for themselves. This is not just gonna be about a pandemic or it's not even gonna just be about uh, hunger and starvation. It's gonna be about everything that goes on in the world that impinges on health. It is a total, framework for totalitarianism. James Roguski, thank you, thank you, thank you for the work you're doing. You should get a President's Medal for it. Thank you for having me. <laughs>